0: Annihilation. 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 One minute at a time. This covenant of love in a dirge for a god has delighted an angel who obeys my plea. Each sonnet a rhythm for her to decipher, making legible a key in her dream of dusk. A redness that darkens the hue of a tulip is richening her view on the hill of a lee dappling her vista at the end of my vigil, even if havoc calls forth ruin to kill me. No church, no chapel, is a refuge in a storm, if we beg to be warm and let die the candle. No herder, no hermit, enchanted by the sea, has hitherto known the ennui of a coward. Even when infernos in hell burn the hero, radiant as flint be the ache of my sorrow. Christian Book The Nocturne of Orpheus Christian Book explains in the Xeno text Book 1, quote, The Nocturne of Orpheus is a love poem, an Alexandrian sonnet in blank verse. Each line contains 33 letters, and together the lines form a double acrostic of a dedication, meaning the first letters of each line spell, the maiden in her, and the last letters continue, dark pale meadow. Moreover, the text is a perfect anagram of the sonnet, When I Have Fears That I May Cease To Be, by John Keats used at the start of minute 58 by the pie, transforming his meditation about the mortality of life into a mournful farewell by the poet before he enters hell. End quote. And book explains, quote, The Xeno text consists of a single sonnet called Orpheus, which when translated into a gene and then integrated into a cell, causes the cell to read this poem, interpreting it as an instruction for building a viable, benign protein one whose sequence of amino acids encodes yet another sonnet called Eurydice. The cell becomes not only an archive for storing a poem, but also a machine for writing a poem. The gene has, to date, worked properly in E. coli, but the intended symbiote is D. radiodurans, a germ able to survive unchanged in even the deadliest of environments. A poem stored in the genome of such a resilient bacterium might outlive every civilization, persisting on the planet until the very last dawn When our star finally explodes. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Orpheus, Eurydice, any style of life. The fairy is rosy, is prim of glow. O stay, in fate, my liar, we rely. With wily ploys, moan more grief. Moan the riff with any loss. The riff, any loss, of any tone allowed, is the achy trick. Moan now, with him, my fate, we stay. In fate, O stay, we rely. My liar, my myth now, we wean him, is the word of any milk. The word of life, any milk, is rosy. Penelope's resolution to institute the bride contest is regarded by Kirk and other analysts as a serious illogicality in the structure of the poem. Kirk, 1962, 247. Announced as it is in the context of an accumulation of evidence that Odysseus's return is imminent, and following immediately upon the report of a dream portending this same event. As Wilamowitz remarks, it is incomprehensible that Penelope does not have at least some doubt about the clear assurance that Odysseus will be there within 12 hours. Wilamowitz, 1884, 62. Woodhouse discusses the decision in a chapter entitled "Penelope's Collapse, Woodhouse, 1930, 80-91. Page describes it as a surrender to the suitors which runs absolutely counter to all that has preceded, and which introduces the poem, a fault in construction that is very great and very obvious. Page, 1955, 126, 124. And Schwartz regards it as certain that it cannot be an original poet who makes the plan of a trial with the bow come into being immediately after the stranger has sworn, with the most binding and convincing proofs of his trustworthiness, that Odysseus will return home in a short time. nineteen twenty 1824-111, has rationalized the difficulties in the narrative by proposing an alternate scenario, incorporating the obvious solution that should have occurred to the kind of woman Homer has portrayed. Her failure to think of it has long seemed to me the great defect in the plotting of the Odyssey, namely, all she need do is pretend to the suitors that she has made up her mind to delay no longer. She has not, however, been able to decide which of her many suitors to choose, and so she will allow a contest with her husband's bow to make the decision for her. It could hardly have been unreasonable to the suitors, if she added something like, Since I am willing to choose my second husband in this way, I think it's only fair of you to agree that, if it should happen that none of you can string the bow and shoot through the axes, you will then abandon your suit and leave my house. 1973-39 The suggestion endows Penelope's words and actions at the end of Book 19 with rationality, as we observed in connection with the problematic episode. The Xenotext is a kind of experiment, a literary exercise that explores the aesthetic potential of genetics in the modern milieu, doing so in order to make literal the renowned aphorism of William S. Burroughs, who has declared that the word is now a virus. Word begets image, and image is virus. word is now a virus. Word word begets image, and image is virus. Laughter is walking, yellow is crowded, friends are birds. the <laughs> Listen to me. I think everyone's dead. You're just killing scared people. It's what you always do. You're killing scared people. You are like dogs. You smell fear and you pounce. Well, what the fuck happened today, folks? Someone took a buzzsaw to your middle and they pulled out a wheeling devil and they spilled it right across your anthill. But you know what, friends? We were never making sense. We were never making sense. And today, today when Armageddon leached out into your good, good mornings, you know what? It's just another day Another day in Pontypool, the sun came up, you did what you did yesterday, and it's exactly what you'll do tomorrow. Today's news, folks, today's late-breaking, developing just across my desk news story is this. It's not the end of the world, folks. It's just the end of the day. Lena gets up from the bed as minute 70 begins. She heads right toward the window as Daniel speaks. Daniel continued, You can't talk, talk to him about work, and work he, and won't and he won't talk about to you about his. his. Note, in the script, Daniel specifies your work and his. But this makes his phrasing interesting. Kane is still active military, spec ops, and would not be allowed to discuss the details of his missions with anyone. Lena teaches biology at Johns Hopkins, and maybe her work might go over Kane's head. He wouldn't understand it. But Daniel says Lena can't, talk about her work, and Cain won't talk about his. Daniel has reversed the modal auxiliary verbs. Daniel is implying that Kane's refusal to talk about his work is a choice, blaming Kane rather than circumstance, and that Cain cannot keep up with Lena on her own field of expertise. See Daniel's very next line. Angle on Lena at the window, the bedside lamp behind her. Daniel is left out of frame. Daniel continued off screen
1: and there, there is, is a clear, clear physical
0: and intellectual, intellectual connection between us. Daniel is making a stronger argument than his tone would imply. Lena and Kane don't communicate, but Lena and Daniel do. Gary W. Lewandowski Jr. and Robert A. Ackerman, the Journal of Social Psychology, September 2006, explain, citing Dragotas and Roosevelt. Quote, Relationships help people pursue four goals, or needs, in addition to sexual ones. These additional needs include those of intimacy, Companionship, security, and emotional involvement. Intimacy needs involve self-disclosure and confiding in the partner regarding secrets and personal feelings. Daniel suggests Lena and Kane lack this. She does not dispute it. Companionship needs involve joint activities with the partner, such as spending time together and having fun together. They result in a greater sense of closeness. We saw them happy together in bed, but that same scene turned out to be Kane's goodbye. Security needs, involve depending on the relationship to add predictability and contentment. Lena has settled into this one location and teaches scheduled classes, while Kane remains active spec ops, sent on faraway missions with, we might assume, unpredictable timetables. Emotional involvement needs, involve one sense of emotional connection with the partner, in which the partner's experiences feel as one's own. And here, really, is the plot of the film. Lena has entered the shimmer to understand and relate to Kane's experience. Even if it means she will be altered in whatever way he has been altered. Because these five needs are commonly fulfilled as parts of a romantic relationship, it seems likely that a relative lack of fulfillment in any of these areas could lead to problems in the relationship. End quote. Esther Perel, The Atlantic, october twenty seventeen, suggests that our expectations of marriage and our ideas of infidelity have changed over time. Quote, Never before have our expectations of marriage taken on such epic proportions. We still want everything the traditional family was meant to provide, security, respectability, property, and children. But now we also want our partner to love us, to desire us, to be interested in us. We should be best friends, and trusted confidants, and passionate lovers to boot. Contained within the small circle of the wedding band are vastly contradictory ideas. We want our chosen one to offer stability, safety, predictability, and dependability. And we want that very same person to supply awe, mystery, adventure, and risk. We expect comfort and edge, familiarity and novelty, continuity and surprise. We have conjured up a new Olympus, where love will remain unconditional, intimacy enthralling, and sex oh-so-exciting, with one person for the long haul. And the long haul keeps getting longer. End quote. Lena's infidelity has left her feeling guilty, and Kane's presumed death and his altered return has fixed a hole inside her that can only be filled now by following in Kane's footsteps and redeeming herself, the assumption being that Cain, altered by the Shimmer, and returning to Lena, has chosen over his work his marriage, however he understands it in his current state. Daniel continued, have like I covered the basis? But then one must wonder, what part does the Shimmer itself play in this? Did altered Cain return home simply because he had not processed all of his memories yet? In playing back his life, he had reached a happy marriage and was pulled toward it simply because he had not processed forward to the unhappy portion, the separation in time and space and mind and body and spirit? Or is it more nefarious? This, of course, will matter more in the end of the film, when Altered Lena is re with Altered Kane. Is this the ultimate goal of the message locked in the DNA refraction of the shimmer? The poem meant to alter and alter and alter until it creates a working set of whatever the local dominant species practices for its social entanglements? In this case, the Shimmer may burn and collapse in on itself, but it leaves behind a working husband and wife, who now might procreate and spread this new Shimmer-improved version of humanity. And maybe this is all the Shimmer wants, for lack of a better word. For it might not be a conscious impulse, but merely a program, like DNA. Lena interjects quickly. Lena. You, you forgot, forgot to mention your, your wife. wife. I, I love, love my wife. wife. Daniel, off screen. She's blameless, blameless in this. Lena closes her eyes. Beat. Angle from foot of bed. Lena out of frame to the right. Daniel sits up in bed, moves right to the side closest to Lena. Daniel continued. Come on, Lena. What's, What's really going, going on here? here? Angle on Lena from behind. At the window, but the curtains are still drawn. She is not looking at something, but away from Daniel. The script says, Lena doesn't answer. She's zoned him out. Daniel says more in the script than in the film. Daniel, continued. Is it because you haven't heard from him? You think? Daniel hesitates. Daniel, continued, off screen. You, you think, think, think so something may have happened happen to too? him? Beat. Angle on Daniel. His focus rises as he realizes he is guessing wrong. And wherever this is in the timeline, we might assume it after Cain's most recent departure, but it could be after any departure. This could be a ritual in Lena's and Daniel's affair. She needs someone while Cain is gone. She reaches out to Daniel. She feels guilty. And when Cain has not returned yet, and she has no idea where he even is because his missions are secret, she assumes Cain knows about the affair, and ends it, and ends it, and ends it. Time and time again. Daniel continued. You you think think he he knows? Beat. Camera tracks right, letting the lit lamp on the right leave frame and the unlit lamp on the left come into view. That's it, it, isn't it? it. You think somehow he's found found out about our affair. affair? The script says the note of anxiety in Daniel's voice pulls Lena out of her glaze. He's clearly more worried by the idea that Kane knows about their affair than Kane being KIA. The script suggests a more specific time. Kane has left for the last time. He might already be presumed dead, but Lena has latched onto the idea that his absence has extended merely because he has no reason to return, because he knows about her infidelity. Angle from behind Lena. Daniel continued. As he found out. Lena glances back at Daniel. The script says. Watches him for a moment. Flat. Dead. But she does not turn... She barely glances over her shoulder, and not enough to actually see Daniel. Barely enough to see the camera. Lena. Yes? Back to Daniel. And then back to Lena. She turns enough to be silhouetted in profile against the glow beyond the curtains. Lena. You should go. go. Daniel. Off screen. No, Lena. And time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside.